On Sex Positive Me, we explore all aspects of sex and relationships, ranging from fetishes and BDSM to ethical non-monogamy and LGBTQ issues. Sex Positive Me destigmatizes sexual practices and relationships while reconciling reality with myth and misconceptions. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and be advocates of sexual freedom. And now here's your hosts, Angelique and John Luna. Um, hi everyone, I'm Angelique Luna and I'm here with my co-host partner in crime in quarantine and haven't killed them yet or killed me yet, John C. Luna. We're keeping our sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a lot of reading. Lots of reading. Yeah, I, I overdid it. I, I became overambitious with reading and God, did I kill myself. And number one, I had to get the ultimate guide to seduction and foreplay because we do have today Jess O'Reilly and Marla Stewart to talk about their book. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, so let me give you a little bit about their bio. Jess O'Reilly is a sex and relationship expert with a background in education. Her research and passion involves teacher training and sexual health, and she volunteers in schools and universities to help bring better sex and relationship education to students across Ontario. Jess is also a television personality, author, podcast, host, and international speaker who has facilitated hundreds of corporate workshops and retreats in 35 countries from Lebanon to Costa Rica. We were in Costa Rica. We love Costa Rica, yes. (laughs) And then we go to Marla there. Uh, Marla Stewart is a sexologist and sex coach who runs her own sexuality education company, Velvet Lips. She's also a co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference and the Sexual Liberation Collective. She has studied human sexuality for more than 19 years and has been featured on a variety of media outlets as well as spoken to various audiences around the world. Man, they're more world-renowned than we are. Of course they are. That's why they're a guest. Yes. Love, love the book there. How did you ladies come up to collaborate together to do this book? Well, actually the, so the, the publisher wanted to write a whole novel or whole book on seduction and foreplay. And they have a, they have a series called the ultimate guide series. So they came to us. uh, And when they called me, Uh, First, I said, well, we can't possibly write about seduction without Marla Renee Stewart because Marla is the originator and the person who came up with the theory around the seduction learning styles. And I thought we knew that that would be more than a chapter in the book, but was in fact the framework for the book. So Marla, it was a perfect fit for Marla and I to collaborate. Yes, yes, yes. And I was just super, super excited for, for Jess to bring me on and just, um, and, and the whole book is just absolutely amazing. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah. Beyond amazing there, because I completely appreciated that it was written very gender neutral. You don't find that a lot of books there. So it was very specific there. And then also that it was open to, you know, to all lifestyles. So it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, cisgender monogamous relationship or kinky as, you know, blank. But yeah. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, I just think it was really important for for us to to make it gender neutral just because, you know, we really wanted to be we really wanted it to be accessible for a lot of people. 
And in order for that to happen, you know, we need to be, you know, right in gender neutral, right? Like, okay, you know, if you have a vulva, this is what things you can do with vulvas. If you have a penis, these are the things that you can do with a penis. And really understanding that, you know, sex and sexuality can come from anywhere, um, despite who you are. So, um, uh, or in lieu of who you are. So, um, yeah, I, I was really, um, excited about making sure that this was gender neutral and that we could always uh, be accessible for for most people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we still have something to learn because we're always learning. But uh, I think, too, the, the book is relevant to people who are in monogamous relationships or non-monogamous relationships or not in relationships or, you know, relationship anarchists, maybe even. Maybe that's where, where we draw the line. Maybe not relation. <laughs> maybe they'd be like, this is too much structure. <laughs> you know, for like us some being sort of rewardance. Yeah, for us being relationship anarchists, not really. I, I like the structure. I love how you frame up all the questions and tips and tricks and, you know, kind of like the Spanish Inquisition, too. <laughs> the homework is necessary. We're like, I, we, I was like, we have to have homework. We, we've got to make sure that they, you know, have these exercises because, you know, that's really a way to uh, just keep thinking about it, you know, when you're, whenever you're, you know, you're into a subject and you're really, you know, we read it once and sometimes it's just sort of, you know, in your head and out of your head. But when you actually do do the homework, sit down, take the time to, to write it out, you really can, um, uh, you know, foster some of that, uh, that energy and intelligence and, and put it to work in your sex life. Very cool. What I like about it was, and I've, I've read these books throughout the years to say seduction. And usually they, they, they come to a chapter or the whole book is on dirty talk or something to that effect. And I noticed it, it is a small section in here, but I love how you even, one of my favorite chapters is eroticizing daily interactions. It doesn't make it this, hey, this is that, uh, you know, Australian vacation you get once a year, so make it count. It's we can do this every day and make it sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if people want to overhaul their lives, they certainly can. But, you know, 99.9% .9 of us don't have the, the bandwidth to overhaul every way we think, every way we behave, every way we interact, every way we speak. And dirty talk certainly is a part of it. But as, as Marla really outlines with the seduction learning styles, dirty talk might be more effective for audio learners and maybe a little less effective for people who are more kinesthetic. And uh, I think that's, that's an important piece to not assume that what one person wants, another person wants. And that's what we wanted to reframe with this book, to acknowledge that sex means different things to different people. And seduction isn't a precursor to sex. Seduction is sex. Seduction and foreplay can overlap. They can blend into something that's really seamless. And seduction, of course, has been a little bit bastardized by pickup culture, right? It's been really framed as manipulative and tactics aimed at pressuring or swindling instead of a version of seduction uh, that, in, that involves consent and mutual desire and not about getting what you want, but giving and receiving and all sorts of pleasure. And I think that, um, Marla, you really helped me to stay on track with making sure that the way we speak about sex and interactions and relationships is, is, is more inclusive. Yes. 
Thank you. Thank you. And I really, um, to the point of like, even thinking about those eroticizing, those daily interactions, I really love the chapter about like seduction for busy people too. Right. So thinking about like, not only our daily interactions, but how, if we're, you know, we get so busy in our everyday life, what are the things that we can do um, on an everyday basis, whether we're far away from our lovers or not? Um, to ensure that we are always going to have a good time or we're always in a way we're always, um, you know, seducing or, or, or being able to, um, you know, eroticize our sexuality in, in, you know, in various ways. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in that section, the seduction for busy people, I love the fact that you put mindfulness in there, you know, to really work on your breath and slowing down and paying attention to your partner during how busy you get. Cause yeah, we really just get into that go, 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 and don't forget to slow down or schedule sex. Yeah, it's true. We, we tend to move through life mindlessly. And of course, there's no magic pill. But if there was one thing, one approach that I think doctors, therapists, people who are just doing it for themselves, if there's one approach that could address so many of the sexual challenges we run into, besides eradicating gender, but it would really be mindful sex, mindful approaches to life, right? So that you are really enjoying pleasure. In our culture, we we stifle expressions of pleasure, right? We have to eat silently, chew silently, keep your mouth shut, don't let out your oohs and ahs. And so if we think about an area that is not nearly as stigmatized as sex, uh, of course, eating is easier for some people than other. I think that, you know, if, if you're a skinny person, you have more permission to enjoy food. Whereas if, if you have a larger body, you're more in trouble and more judged. But overall, food doesn't carry generally the same universal shame as sex. And we, we're not even allowed to, you know, just let out a big mm when something tastes delicious. And that's a great place to start with mindfulness, right? Is to eat mindfully. Now I've heard about mindful eating and I hate that it's, it too has been bastardized for weight loss, right? Chew your food 40 times so that you don't want so much. I'm like, oh damn man, when I'm hungry, it means something delicious. Yes, I want to like slow down, and enjoy it, but I don't need 40 chews for a, for a spoonful of chocolate mousse. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's about not just being mindful, but, but giving ourselves permission to enjoy all types of pleasure. Yeah, we actually decided to do a five-day pleasure roadmap challenge to help people understand that pleasure is not shameful. So it's having them explain what favorite book, movie, food, body parts, songs that makes them feel joy, giving them permission to like feel like excited. Because yeah, you're right. We as a society, we do not give ourselves permission to enjoy pleasure. Like I always have to look at people cross-eyed and stupid when they say, oh my God, it's carbs. I have to have it like a guilty pleasure to have carbs because you're going through a carb-free diet. It's like, ah. Well, it's, it's more than that in this society. It's even like, oh, I went for a massage, but I had a rough week. There's no reason to have any excuse for pleasure. You're a full-grown adult. Enjoy it. That's a great point. That's a good reminder. Yeah, agreed. I'm like, yes. Enjoy yourself. Please enjoy yourself. <laughs> that's all we can, that's all we, we, not, that's all we can do, but you know, we should be able to enjoy ourselves as freely as, as we want. Yeah. Without harming, without harming anybody else, of course. Well, I also love the fact that your examples were very specific. I know my wife's favorite is when you talk about the belly button. She, she claims that is her territory. That is my territory there. It's like no one else. It's like, 
we're in an open relationship. He could play, but that's the one area nobody else could touch. And he doesn't find it erotic or anything, but I do. It, that, that's just like my property there. <laughs> but I've read a few different books on, on seduction, and I really do like yours. I read one called The Art of Seduction, and I tell people don't buy it because it was like 500 pages. Uh, unless you're a really great French history enthusiast, don't, because it just goes on forever. Um, you guys really did get to the point, and I love the specifics of what you're doing, not something that happened hundreds of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're trying to provide the theory, but also the action. That's why, you know, the book is full of, I think, hundreds of prompts oh, yeah. to get you thinking, writing, talking, uh, changing the way you think if you want to and changing your behavior and then and revisiting like I, I look at it and I think okay nobody's going to do all of these things we get that right but if you did three or four of them I think you're on a really good path because most people don't invest in their relationships most people don't plan for their relationships like we say things like will you marry me and it's like, what the hell does that mean, right? Instead of asking the questions, like, what does long-term commitment look like to you? Where do you want to be when you're 70, 80, 90 years old? You know, how, how does your family integrate into your life? All of those questions matter. And may, that may not sound like seduction. That might sound rather, you know, um, related, but not specifically tied to it. But it all is. Because if you want to be in the mindset to be seduced, you also have to be on the same page relationally. Yeah, definitely. And um, thinking about <laughs> what you were talking about, like the art of seduction and thinking about that book, I love that book just because I love like the, the history of it all. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, people can fit into these archetypes, but it is very lengthy. <laughs> and, um, and I think, uh, like, like Jess said, uh, this book just has like lots of different prompts, lots of questions you should be asking yourself and your lover about you know, all the different aspects of sexuality. And, and this is just one piece, right? This is only, you know, seduction and foreplay and, you know, some strategies um, around sex. So I can, I can imagine that thinking about, um, you know, anything else around sexuality is going to be even deeper. But I think this, the, these exercises in general help you to dive a little deeper into your awareness around sex, around sex and sexuality. But I also think it dives into more the psychology of how to seduce even people non-sexually. And that's what I like about it because it's like you're getting what you want, but they're also getting something the way you do it because people often just think seduction is just sexual and don't think about it. It's like, how do I seduce my employer to get a better job? How do I seduce this you know, client so I can get, um, I don't know, the, the end product? Because we do yeah. talk about it in our class, but this book like really gives you like, here's the roadmap, here's what you need to do. Yeah, and it's like one of those things like seeing, a, what I tell people is like a great seducer sees everything as their bedroom, you know, so-called like in quotes, right? Like, so regardless if it's your, um, you know, if it's your uh, coworker or boss or children or family members, whomever, like it is the, uh, it's what you're doing that is a, it's give or take relationship, right? It's the influence you have because of what you are giving to them and providing for them um, for that sort of even exchange of, of, of um, uh, even exchange of, of you know, uh, I guess, 
energy. Yeah, energy opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know there's so much that you can exchange with that. So yeah. Should we do just a little commercial break? And yep. Come on back. We'll do a little commercial break so and get our sponsors some attention. All right, we'll be right back. back. Hey, John, I want to get a new toy. Okay, so let's go to Fair Villa. But I don't want to waste time trying to find out what goes with what. Well, there's Fairville University and their staff is very well educated and helpful. Okay, but how about if I just want to go to a party instead? Then go to their website because on their calendar they list all their events. But I don't want to spend a lot of money. Have you heard of their loyalty program? Oh yeah, that thing on my keychain that makes everyone blush every time they see it. That's the one. Let's go. Well, they have over five locations in Central Florida. Which one do you want to go to? Fair Villa. For, for pleasure, fun, and, and fantasy. Jess, I think you should talk about the choreotic style, choreotic um, feeling. Yeah, uh, to me, emotional seduction is personally the most interesting. And I also find that people are really responsive to it because we tend to either assume that sex is universally a loving, caring, uh, what we call intimate experience, or we assume that sex is void of emotion, that it's a carnal act. And the reality is that most of us exist in the gray area um, somewhere, or I shouldn't even call it gray area. They, we exist on this world, this wide web of emotional attachments to sex. And so one of the most important concepts that we really wanted to delve into in the book is your core erotic feeling as well as your elevated erotic feeling. So your core erotic feeling refers to the emotion that you require in order to get in the mood for sex. If I don't feel this particular emotion, sex is off the table. Now, it doesn't mean that every time you feel that feeling that you're going to be in the mood for sex, but in the absence of that feeling, sex is not going to happen. And everybody's core erotic feeling is different. You might need to feel relaxed or loved or honored or happy or safe or powerful or playful or stress-free or sexy or desired or full of energy or vulnerable. I mean, the, the, obviously, emotions are um, unlimited here. And so, there are common core erotic feelings. Like for example, a lot of straight women will say in long-term relationships, they want to feel really, really wanted. They want to feel like you want them. You don't just want sex. Uh, and of course, there, that's, that's just one example. I can tell you my partner, for example, Brandon needs to feel relaxed. Like he just needs to be de-stressed in order to get in the mood for sex. So we, we kind of walk you through what your core erotic feeling is, give you some prompts to try and figure out what your core erotic feelings is, are, is because it's not, you know, a simple test and it pops out a specific answer for you. Um, and, and then we talk about how to cultivate your core erotic feeling because we have this tendency to believe that I need to feel this way. So I need to teach my partner or partners to make me feel this way. When in fact, your feelings are primarily your own responsibility. So if you say, oh, I need to feel really sexy in order to get in the mood for sex, it's not your partner's job. Yes, they play a role and you can teach them. And we talk about how to kind of show them what that means because saying I need to feel sexy, you know, means one thing to one person and another to, an, to somebody different. So we walk you through your core erotic feelings so that you can really understand the emotional underpinnings of seduction. It's not just about dirty talk. It's not just about the way you approach them. It's not about just about your body language or the way you touch or the way you kiss or the chemistry. It really is about an emotional connection. Uh, and that, that emotion could be any emotion at all. And then once you've figured out your core erotic feeling, or if you feel that the core erotic feeling is a little bit irrelevant to you, that's when we move on to what makes sex 
the most powerful, the most memorable, the most exciting. And, and that, those are your elevated erotic feelings. And your elevated erotic feelings are the emotions that take sex to the next level. And that's why, you know, we can get turned on by, I think Marla, you've talked a little bit about being adored. And I've talked about, you know, I like to, I get turned on by feeling jealous. Now, jealousy is not my core erotic feeling. I don't want to walk around feeling jealous, but in the context of a relationship in which I feel very secure and honored, then damn, it's exciting to feel some of those subversive emotions, like a little bit threatened. Uh, there's another one, What's the, how would I describe it? I like to feel uh, inadequate. I like that feeling. Do I want to feel inadequate in my relationship? No, absolutely not. But once you understand your core erotic feeling and it is so securely attended to, that's when you can really launch off the charts in and explore this more uncharted, ter uncharted territory. And I love the fact that you actually have exercises for people to really um, go through their core erotic feelings and process it and write it out because a lot of times we want to know how to express that you know emotional intelligence is one thing but core erotic feelings it's another it's like what, what? how do we process this well, I, I can totally relate to Brandon in that I need to feel relaxed and I know there's like certain moods I need to be in and the truth is I learned this through other uh, relationships for example you you love excitement like I'm an intelligent oh, story. Get off, get off a roller coaster, throw you on the hood of a sports car, and you're in there. Well, that was the first fight. We were at a swingers club. This is like, we were dating a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm an exhibitionist, so I like to be in the middle of the room, having you know, sex with my partner, and he's freaking out here, having an anxiety attack. He's like, I can't do this. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. You're with me, so guess what? Yes, you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, we're still together. So we're <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people need a little bit of a push. Sometimes, you know, and, and to get out of your comfort zone. I think for a lot of people, they, you know, they stay in their comfort zone, stay in their comfort zone, and then they get bored, right? And then that's a problem. Um, you know, well, it it can get it can get to be a problem um, if you're doing the same things over and over again. So I think it's always um, fun to get out, push yourself. Um, to really um, get uncomfortable and do things that you wouldn't normally necessarily think about doing um, and see where that takes you. And you, I always tell people, you know, there's, you know, try it three times, you know, and first time you might be a little iffy. Second time, you know, you don't know if it's you, the partner, what third time, if you still don't like it, then, you know, just, just be done with it. Come back to it in 10 years, I say. You know, because our bodies change, we change, you know, things change. So, um, but yeah, always, always push yourself to do something different. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> I get to do something new. Yeah. And that actually falls into like the seven stat what, statutes of seduction, which I was caught off guard with three of them because the other ones we have like, okay, build anticipation. So curiosity, let less be more, be present and mindful. But what threw me off was don't take everything personally, embrace the rejection so you can expand your comfort zone and take risks. And however, learning to manage uh, rejection for makes for more fulfilling relationships than trying to avoid rejection altogether. I was like, whoa, those blew my mind there as being part of seduction. Yeah. I mean, when you embrace, um, so when it comes to rejection, I think it's very important to think about like, you know, being clear, being considerate, but also 
um, be uncomfortable, right? Like if rejection is a part of life. We all get rejected for something, some, you know, somewhere, but it's always a, a learning opportunity. It's always a way to um, find out more about yourself. And um, I, I think, you know, understanding what your, what your lover likes or doesn't like, and you know, it, it's okay. Right. There are so many things that I want to do that Esther is like, I am not doing that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> we know the feeling. <laughs> and then there's some things that I'm actually, when I push where, when I say something like, she'll be like, Oh, I'll try that. And it's just like shocking. Right. So I think there's, you know, there's a way of, um, uh, introducing something or there's a way of embracing like hey somebody might li might not like whatever it is that you're that you like and that's okay right it can be uh, a learning opportunity so yeah absolutely and it's not exciting if there's no fear of rejection right like part of what makes many types of sex and sexual encounters exciting is that there is the possibility that something could go wrong right and we all have different degrees of tolerance for risk but, uh, you know, if you're afraid of rejection, I mean, a very simple thing that, you'll, you know, therapists will tell you about is that you, you never initiate sex, right? If you have too much of a fear of rejection, you task your partner with initiating sex almost 100% of the time. And we know the cost of that in long-term relationships. If only one person is tasked with initiating sex, eventually they grow frustrated. They're the only ones dealing with rejection and it becomes cyclical where they stop trying. You get into ruts, most definitely. Uh, pushing boundaries is definitely, uh, well, something we've definitely done quite a bit of, especially in the BDSM world. But um, and a, a thing I heard a long time ago was, everyone has their hell yeses, their maybes, and their hell nos, those soft limits and hard limits. But the truth is, as we become desensitized over time and even more secure in our relationship, everything takes a little shift. And those maybes become hell yes, and a lot of those hell no's kind of become maybes. And it's good we go ahead and explore new things because it keeps it exciting, especially for long-term relationships. Absolutely, and even some of those hell yeses can become no's, right? Like, and that's okay too. Like things that I was into two years ago, it's not that I'm adverse to them, I'm just not into them now. And that's, to me, that's the only way you can stay in a long-term relationship is if you're changing. Like I, I would be so bored if a partner or partners wanted the exact same thing five months from now, five years from now, 50 years from now, of course, some things are going to remain, you know, thematic or constant, but we, we need the change for excitement. Yeah. And I think it's also important too. I think what you mentioned was really an element of safety, right? And mm -hmm. so when you're talking about those, those maybes becoming hell yeses or those no's becoming maybes, I think it's because you've developed a way of being safe. You've de developed a relationship or a foundation that feels good and where you can, where you're, you're allowing yourself to explore um, that with that, you know, with your lovers. So any thoughts about putting a lot of these exercises in little flashcards because I could see that happening because I'm like oh yeah let's do this I know you suggest creating them but I'm just thinking maybe as a supplement <laughs> just curious I love it yeah I love we're, it. we're totally <laughs> like we're, we're gonna do a workbook or something we're, we're, we're on it we're on it <laughs> <laughs> well I get the feeling this uh, collaboration between the two given the result is not gonna be the first well it's the first not gonna be the last sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope not. I hope not. No, no. Yeah, definitely. I already, I've already recruited Jess for, for another project. I'm like, no, 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 we have to do something. You know, when this book came out, I was just so jazzed about it. And of course, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, then I have this idea and that idea and this idea and this idea. And I was like, okay, I, I've already had this one idea. And now I'm like, this, I, I've got another idea and I've got to go for it. So what's the next idea? Or is it a <laughs> secret? Like the relationship book or work. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's yeah. right. I don't know. You have a lot of ideas, Marla. I know. <laughs> I, I know. It's trying to keep up with her. Sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Which, which one is it? What email am I reading? And I'm like, introduction, mindfulness, spirituality. What? So, I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm trying to be better at it. <laughs> so this book is on sale now. I'm assuming they can get it anywhere books are sold. Uh, any works in there for an audiobook? Yeah, I need the audiobook to tell you the truth. Oh, we should do that. Marla, we were talking about that. We have to get on it. You know what? Because uh, this was released during isolation, all of, you know, many of the plans fell through, like for all the different speaking, speaking and signing ops. And so we're going to be doing a virtual launch very soon. And yeah, the audiobook should, should follow shortly thereafter. Very cool. We're looking forward to it. So the full name is The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, Techniques and Strategies for Mind-Blowing Sex. So what else are you ladies up to? I know we're in quarantine right now. And thankfully, Sex Down South will still happen in September. It's like, if not, John's heart will be broken because he's presenting. <laughs> <laughs> Founding of all things. I'm like, OK, I will be somewhere else. I don't know which room, but not well, his class. That's, that's a great example of, well, you couldn't quite try it, but you at least watched it, watched it and then said, no, not for me. And, I, you know, yeah, I don't yuck on your yum. Exactly. And that's a very important thing is to have that uh, non-judgmental zone where I can have that uh, without any judgment from you. Mm -hmm. John, what is, your, what is your presentation at Sex Down South called? Um, an introduction to sounding. Oh, cool. oh, interesting. Great. We're going to go over uh, the safety of it, the little history of it uh, in the first half and kind of get everyone an idea of making sure they're in the right place and in the right room, and then hopefully do a little demo at the end. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm going to be there too. Sex Down, Sex Down South. It's not my project, so I'm going to plug it. <laughs> it's <laughs> September 10th to 12th in Atlanta. And it is, I mean, you probably think sex conferences are all exciting if you're not used to going to them, but this one really is really among the best, the best I've been to for sure. Really, really loved it. So yeah, hopefully we'll see some, uh, some of y'all there. Yes, yes. yes. This is our fourth. Our fourth year. Yep, going. Nice. So it, it is very addicting, honestly, from the energy, the people, the shows, the entertainment. Actually, was referring one of my uh, psychic friends. I'm like, hey, you got to go to this conference because you and your boo would like this. <laughs> and then did, did they say, uh, I already knew that? <laughs> no, they didn't. They had no idea. I, I mean, the, the amount of people that we always keep telling. I mean, actually, we um, interviewed a cannabis baker. And we even encourage her. It's like, hey, go, just submit it. It'll be the great thing. And luckily, thank you, Marla. You accepted her and she's presenting and she's over the moon. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's so, it's still, it was, uh, we, we tried to curate it a little bit more this year, but we definitely voted on a lot. So we had room for more speakers this year. Um, so, um, so, yeah, it's all, all, all the team. 
One of the more unknown facts about sex down south is that it usually occurs the week after Dragon Con. Yes. So the entire town is ready to just wind down and relax. And everyone working there is just so happy to have us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dragon Con is huge. And yeah, and it's at the same uh, hotel. So it can really be uh, a lot for them. So we're, we're definitely low maintenance, especially because we're like, leave us alone. Let us do our own sexy stuff over here. And so the, the hotel staff is actually really super, super sweet and nice to us. So do you ladies want to say uh, where you can be found? Because I know people are going to be looking for this book. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to get an autographed copy, you can find it on my website, velvetlipssexed.com. Um, and you can find me on social media uh, at one uh, Marla Stewart or at Velvet Lips Sex Ed. That's sex without the E. And um, you can find me on yeah YouTube. Uh, I write on Medium, and uh, you can also support the Patreon if you want. Velvet Lips Sex Ed. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, I'm not selling the book, so you're going to go to Velvet Lips Sex Ed for the book. <laughs> and my website is sexwithdrjess.com. My video courses, I do have a course on mindful sex that's a, kind of a 12-part course that I think is uh, really impactful. It's at happiercouples.com. And I have a podcast as well, the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. And we, I know actually you guys have been on the podcast. We were talking about bisexuality and the lifestyle. Marla, of course, has been on the podcast. Although, Marla, you need to come back. We need more of you. I know. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for coming. We appreciate you. you taking the time out of this very strange at home time, time. <laughs> and hanging with us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank and you so much. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and review our podcast because we want to get things going and moving. And also join the challenge, the five-day pleasure roadmap challenge to get you thinking off of the shame-free because afterwards we're doing a shame-free workshop, creating, what, what is it called? Creating a shame-free environment. environment. So getting you thinking and comfortable about pleasure without shame. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.